it's like how else do you expect um these people to act within this context like if american workers were you know in this like you know given market and everything else they would be doing the same thing that these chinese workers are doing um and of course like the history of you know organized labor is very different in china than it is in the united states um but it's uh it's really disappointing that the movie leans so heavily on uh, wow china and the united states very different i thought a couple of moments that were really nice in in terms of showing that kind of um clash of cultures idea uh were there was this one scene where there's this uh chinese worker who works um very closely with uh, an american and uh, they're showing their relationship and their friendship and the american man takes a bunch of the chinese workers um who he says you know they're they're coming here for two years without extra pay uh away from their families which is horrific um and takes them to his house and cooks them thanksgiving and shoots guns with them and rides motorcycles and horses very like wholesome and the uh the Chinese worker talks about how, you know, before I came here, I thought Americans lived this like luxurious life, but some of them have to work two jobs. And I like really respect, um, I really respect them because they, they don't have it easy. And I think that those, but those moments were few and far in between where we spend a lot more time is with, um, the managers, uh, looking at people picking through glass and marveling at their work ethic, that they're not even, um, wearing safety goggles or, or using cut (laughs) resistant, um, cut resistant uh, gloves and Kurt who is a manager uh, Abdul said he is the greatest villain that we've ever covered on any Kino Lefter uh, episode so far he's watching the production team um come out and uh, basically what the managers do on that line is they make them line off and so- sound off with their numbers and then just repeat phrases like please thank you and I'm sorry and he, this is the most fash thing you see in the movie by far. And that's the one thing that Kurt, when he gets back, he's like, that's what I'm going to do to my workers. <laughs> but you're forgetting the other Kurt moment where, um, you know, he's uh, speaking to one of the Chinese managers when they take that big trip to China. Um, and the guys and the Chinese boss is telling him like, um, oh, yeah, you know, your American workers, they talk a lot, and they're, like, lazy, and they're very slow. And Kurt, like, replies, like, yeah, if only I could put tape over their mouths. If only we could, like, chain them to the factory line. Like, this is something he says. And, like, I made one note when watching this movie in my, like, drafts, and that was Kurt gets the guillotine. <laughs> um, we are not guillotine people on this podcast. But Kurt would but be Kurt, the one, yeah. yeah. Kurt deserves it. <laughs> For, for you comic book heads out there, uh, Kurt is essentially Ebony Maw in Thanos' Black Order to Chairman Cow's Thanos. Um, so he is uh, willfully going to China to assemble the Infinity Gauntlet uh, in order to Thanos snap uh, union membership in the United <laughs> States. Um, and I think that one of the other things that this film misunderstands to sort of build off your point, Laura, is that the nature of exploitation is different, but still um, equally as offensive in China where people have to be away from their families for two years and like work seven day weeks as it is in America where um, people work, uh, you know, two or three jobs to get by. Um, Another anecdote actually, which is very local to us. Um, I got back from the airport uh, about a week ago from visiting my folks and I, like, paid out at the airport um, parking lot where I parked, which is, by the way, an hour and ten minutes from where I, I live, right? Um, <clears throat> and uh, the lady there, this, like, very nice-looking black lady, just, like, looks at me like she stares me down. And I'm like, 
hey, and I'm, like, very confused as to why she's staring me down. I, like, go home, don't think much of it. I wake up and go to work at 7.30 the next day, um, and I go get my coffee from, again, an hour and ten minutes from the airport, but also two minutes from my house is a McDonald's where I get my morning coffee, and I, like, you know, pay for my coffee, and the lady there looks at me, she says, you're awake already? And I look at her, and it's the same lady from the fucking airport that Holy morning. Shit. Like, she recognized wow. me. And I'm wow. like, you were at the airport last night. She's like, yeah, I was. I'm like, didn't you sleep? Like, like you're working here? And she's like, no, I finished my shift at the airport, like, the overnight shift at the airport, and I went straight here. Oh, my God. And, like, the whole day, I've... In fact, for, like, for weeks, I've been thinking about that, because I get my coffee from her every morning, right? And it's just, like, so awful that, like, I don't know when she sleeps, when she has the time. Like, she obviously needs both these jobs, right? So she drives an hour and ten minutes after working an overnight shift. And it's, like, you know, it's not a function of of any healthy society that anyone has to do that. I know that's obvious. But it's, like, America is in no way better than China in terms of any of this shit, right? And if this story inspired you, make sure to like and share this with your friends and and tag five of your friends, uh, five of your Christian friends who you think need to hear this uh, in order to get inspired uh, and let the Holy Spirit flow through them. Um, but yeah, I, I making a joke because I think that much like this movie, it kind of captures this like kind of benign horror of capitalism and then doesn't say anything about it or it's like damn that sucks (laughs) Um, but it's fine 